Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Running on Scuffs. I am your host, uh, Justin Seeger, here from the uh, the Scuff Studio down here in Mississippi. That's what I'm going to call this now. I'm going I'm to go going live from the Scuff Studio. Hope everybody is having a good night uh, tonight. Um, let's go ahead and get some introductions going. Uh, first and foremost, somebody who's having a uh, a very good night, a uh, very good weekend. Uh, my uh, my favorite Texan, um, Mr. Zach Bell. How are you doing this evening? I am so happy. I cannot tell you guys. This is I love this show. We've had plenty of great moments that I've been involved in, at least I think. But this is probably the most excited I've been for a show ever. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to recap, a lot to preview. Um, and I cannot wait to talk about it. Sit down, get your popcorn, you know, get your bottle of hate if you hate me or Denny Hamlin, and buckle up. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting show with with Zach tonight. Uh, Mr. Mike Daphner, uh, how's it going for you uh, up in Ohio? I mean, it's going pretty good. Uh, had a pretty busy weekend this weekend, but looking forward to talking NASCAR with you folks as always. And yeah, unfortunately, Harvick couldn't get it done and is eliminated in the first round. I know it goes kind of, as far as you and Zach are concerned, kind of goes from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. Um, and I'm I'm just kind of there in the middle, just just happy enough at this point, happy enough to, to scrape by uh, kind of the story of the 19 team. But uh, we're going to talk a lot uh, about a lot of things tonight. We have a great show. Uh, Dan Foster is supposed to be joining us here pretty soon. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure where the Florida men ran off to, uh, tonight, but you know, it's Florida. Uh, who knows? I imagine Zach Williams was, uh, too busy celebrating Florida's, uh, win over Tennessee. Uh, I know he was, he was happy about that, uh, this weekend. Oh, no, he was happy that Denny Hamlin won. I am. I have it on pretty good authority that he was not very happy about that in, in particular. But uh, I'm sure, glad but he to, beat your favorite driver. Uh, he did. He did, uh, and that hints the uh, the show title tonight. So uh, we'll be talking all about that. Uh, as always, be sure to uh, to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Running On Scuffs. Be sure to like and subscribe this video. Um, and all of our others as well. Uh, subscribe if you're not already and uh, comment. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts on the racing action this weekend as well. Uh, and of course, visit our website. I think that takes care of all of our uh, all of our uh, s- stuff we have to get re- through before. Uh, well, gentlemen, uh, on our on our script, uh, our next thing was is supposed to be. Uh, uh, the Who Am I segment with with Dan Foster uh, and that picture and yeah that's that's what it's supposed to be Dan's supposed to be here to give us a clue uh, for who he is um, maybe Dan can give us a clue as to where he is because that that seems to be the big question right now um, but anyways uh, we'll we'll get him uh, he's supposed to be hopping on here pretty soon so. We'll get him on board as soon as we can. 
in the meantime, let's go ahead and uh, get into uh, to uh, our race review segment. I know everybody is excited for that this week, or Zach is anyway. Uh, Zach, as a as a friend, as as a true friend of yours, it it's nice to see you smile. Um, it's not always nice to see why, um, but anyways, let's go ahead and get uh, into the. We'll start off with Saturday night's Cup race. Uh, Denny Hamlin has uh, has won the Bristol Night Race, uh, as you can tell by the uh, by the title of our episode uh quote i beat your favorite driver uh that was his quote there at the end we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later here's dan foster coming in here uh late late as always listen i had a situation i had to take care of real quick unfortunately um but it hit literally right at nine o'clock it hit i had to go take care of it real quick but i rushed on i have a little snack to eat along while we're here but I'm here. Hey, I, hey, I get it. Well, Dan, before we get too much into this uh, this race review uh, segment, would you like to to hit us with your your first clue for for who am I? I I'll put the I'll put the nice banner up there for you again. <laughs> Every time I see that picture, yeah. I want to strangle someone. <laughs> Dan looks like a <laughs> Dan looks like a little river troll. Let, let Let's just say that was one of those AI generated photos based on an actual photo of me. And uh, I was about to say wish. that does not look like you. Like <laughs> I did not submit that photo to Zach Williams. Um, let's just say he messaged someone else and got that. But we'll go. Any, any. Clue clue number one on tonight's edition of Who Am I? I have raced in over 900 NASCAR sanctioned events with a total of 97 wins. Hmm. Hundred races, so we're talking over th- or a little under thirty seasons worth. Oh. I mean, we're now, I Mike. Mean, I'm I'm going to help you out with with one thing there. Remember, it is total NASCAR sanctioned races, uh, not, not cup. cup Series races. So I will help you out with that. You said ninety. Gonna... You said ninety-seven wins. Ninety-seven total. Wins. That's in all the NASCAR sanctioned. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there. Jeff Gordon. Nope. I'm no, just going to throw it out there. Dale Jr. No, nope. he, he had 197 <laughs> races. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dale Earnhardt? No, sir. All right. Well, uh, that, that'll do our. Uh, we'll get our second clue uh, after the race review segment. Uh, let us know down in the comments your guesses uh, for who this might be. So, uh, and I'll be monitoring can... them. So I, I know last week I wasn't monitoring them, and um, um, Tommy Williams got it. But I'll be monitoring them. So if anybody pops in with the answer, but don't go look it up. Don't be cheating, y'all. <laughs> We're watching you. Oh, Dang it! That that there went my plan. <laughs> uh, Best part is, as I look up stats so often, Dan wouldn't be able to tell what I'm looking up. <laughs> oh, Dan knows. Dan week. Dan knows. He he. Which actually, I'm gonna open next right. week now. <laughs> All right. So, uh, like, uh, let's get back into our race review segment. We were talking about the Cup Series, uh, the Bristol Night Race, our second uh, Saturday night race of the year. Uh, and 
our second of only two, unfortunately, for the for the Cup Series. Um, but we had uh, Toyota pretty well dominated uh, the race again. Uh, Christopher Bell winning stages one and two, and of course Denny Hamlin getting the win. Um, pretty well. Un, I mean, Kyle Larson led a few laps uh, up there, but Toyota was pretty much untouchable with with those two cars. Uh, and Ty Gibbs was uh, Ty Gibbs. They all of the Toyota camp seemed to be up there at some point throughout the race. Uh, pit strategy had uh, some of them behind there towards the end. Um, but Mike, I, I'm sorry, we had to talk about this. We there were some playoff woes. It was an elimination race at Bristol, um, and we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano uh, in particular. Uh, Joey Logano unfortunately got caught up in a uh, in a wreck with Corey LaJoy um, about mid midway through the race. Um, he was out really. Couldn't control his uh, his playoff hopes from there. He was already in a bad position, though, after starting uh, back towards the back. Uh, Kevin Harvick, on the other hand, he just was not fat. You know, Matt Nicholson uh, commenting, saying that, talking about the Toyotas, you couldn't touch them. All of them were quick. The same could not be said for Kevin Harvick. Um, and uh, we've seen that uh, throughout social uh, the social sphere of NASCAR. Uh, we saw it, a video of Kevin Harvick saying it. We saw Rodney Childers say it. They just weren't fast. They brought the same setup that they uh, nearly won with in 2022, and then in 2023 they just were horrible. Uh, finished, I believe, five laps down uh, in 29th and really nowhere to go for them. Uh, and because of that, they have been eliminated uh, from playoff contention. So uh, with that being said, uh, they joined Michael McDowell, uh, and uh, you'll see as kind of our top ten goes across, Michael McDowell and Ricky Stenhouse Jr., they actually had really good races. Uh, McDowell finished sixth and Stenhouse uh, rounding out the top ten. It just wasn't enough uh, to keep them behind. McDowell came into the race 40 points below the cut line, and I I think he managed to get up to like nine points below the cut line, so... Um, so not horrible for McDowell, just wasn't enough. Um, I want to go back to our, uh, our collective, uh, playoff prediction show. Um, McDowell and Stenhouse, um, were the two that we had, you know, all pretty much unanimously being eliminated, uh, in the round of 16. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will give both of them credit to where credit is due. They made it a closer fight than I originally thought they would. Um, and I think they were helped by other drivers having issues, Truex's issues at Darlington and Kansas, Logano and Harvick having issues, even Chastain uh, having some issues. But McDowell and Stenhouse had a better round than I thought they would. Uh, so I will give them credit where credit is due as far as that goes. Uh, here's a look at the updated uh, NASCAR playoff grid. This is with uh, the reset in place. You see Truex goes back to second on the grid, tied with uh, Byron Hamlin, 21 points. Those three have a pretty decent gap over Larson. Um, I say decent. I mean, it could be – it could all go away in roughly two stages, but more or less. But 
Uh, Bubba Wallace is below uh, 14 points below the cut line. So Bubba Wallace in his first playoff appearance already making a, his way into the round of 12. Um, so, Zach, I'm going to go to you first here because uh, I, before – before we talk too much about Hamlin, let's talk about the playoff grid. Are there any surprises that you see going into the round of 12? Anything that jumps out at you as, as something that's surprising or not? Uh, I'm not too surprised overall. Um, I mean, in my personal bracket, I had Logano getting eliminated. I had Ross Chastain and not Kevin Harvick because I really thought that Harvick would be able to like consistently be good enough to advance. Um but other than that, like, you know, it amazes me. I feel like someone like Kyle Larson and has had a really, really great season overall, you know, and been in victory lane, won some stages and everything. But when you when you really look at it in comparison to the playoff competitors, you know, he's just barely more than a stage ahead of the cut line, you know. He's one bad qualifying effort at Texas this weekend and, you know, falling out of below the cut line possibly. So, 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 like, the gap, I guess, like, the gaps between, like, fourth on down just really surprises me, you know? But I think that's, you know, the praise of the next-gen car is that it's so competitive. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, definitely not a lot of room to breathe for, for any driver. Uh, Matt Nicholson commenting he got three of the four right for, uh, for round one. Uh, I believe I got – I, I want to say I got two right because – I got – yeah, I had two as well. Um, I may have actually had Harvick getting eliminated round 16. I, I, I'll have to go back and check. But. I will say this. Joey Logano's odd year bad streak continues, man. Like, Look, we're not making this up. Truex does well in the odd years. Logano does well in the even years. It's just yeah. a thing. It, it's just a thing that happens. And even, even better because, well, I see this kind of stuff. Truex has an odd car number and Logano's got an even car number. So I'm oh, smelling, I'm smelling something like Michael, Matt Nicholson says, I am seeing the script here. Look, and another thing, if you want to go, I mean, right now, I, Truex has an odd number of championships and Logano has an even number of championships. What I, I, I mean, it it's just a thing, which I probably, that probably means that it's jinx Truex for no, this year, but no. Anyways, um, but uh, so I'm rooting for Truex now that Harvick's out of the playoffs. Well, you know, I'm. I we'll take all the uh, all the support we can get. However, uh, somebody who doesn't care whether he has your support or not uh, is the winner of the race uh, Saturday night at Bristol, Mister Denny Hamlin, and. Uh, Zach, I've got to go to you again because because you're the Hamlin guy here, the resident Denny Hamlin fan. <laughs> um, I, I got to say, uh, as someone who is a, a big wrestling fan, uh, it feels like Denny Hamlin has uh, taken the top spot as as the dominant heel in NASCAR. Uh, so long, Kyle Busch. It's now Denny Hamlin's turn to be the bad guy. Um, what are your thoughts as on that? Ross Chastain, calm down. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on, on Denny Hamlin now being the, the top heel in NASCAR? I'm protesting. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. Listen, he's only a heel because he wins, right? Like, ultimately, if he ran, 
in 20th every week. Nobody would care. Nobody would complain. But listen, he wins. He runs well. You know, he's your he's your favorite, least favorite driver, except mine. He's my favorite driver. And, you know, I mean, his podcast has made him even more out there and more available to the fans. And uh, I'm sure open the door to some criticism, but I think open the door to just general respect for Denny Hamlin. I don't think there are very many people that genuinely dislike Denny Hamlin as a person, you know. But I think that there's a lot of good sports hate between Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin, and a lot of the NASCAR fans. And really and truthfully, there's very few drivers that are popular in the sport where Denny Hamlin is not some part of the narrative against your favorite driver, you know. And I'm here for it, man. I am so here for it. Uh, I love his villain era. You know, this is his reputation era, as Taylor Swift would say. And... I mean, I don't know. I see a guy who's confident. I don't think I've ever seen Denny Hamlin quite this confident. And some may call it cocky, but you know what? He backs it up. And he wears the villain role better than Kyle Busch ever could. Ultimately. You know, I I can't say, and and this pains me to say, but I don't think I totally disagree. (laughs) Um, He's a lot more fun and playful as a villain than Kyle Busch is. You know, Kyle Busch, like, people hated on him. And, like, sometimes he would, like, kind of, you know, antagonize the crowd. But sometimes he would, like, be sensitive about it. Denny Hamlin is not sensitive. Listen, he sleeps on a bed of hate from all the fans. And, listen, his bed is just as comfy as anybody else's, I'm sure. And it's stacked with trophies and dollar bills. (laughs) I have two comments to reply to Zach on that one. Denny (laughs) Hamlin is actually not my least favorite driver. That title goes to Joey Logano, and it always will. I can't stand him. But secondly... He messes with most of our favorite drivers, but he knows better than to mess with Harvick. He's had some incidents with Kevin Harvick in the past. Yeah. He's had and some incidents. Uh, who was, I can't Listen. even remember. Who was it that Kevin Harvick punched? I can't even remember uh, who that was off the top of my head. Him and somebody got into a fight on pit road. And right, Ricky like, Rudd's the one that's popping in my head, but I know Ricky Rudd didn't didn't fight. He was uh whatever it was, was. His car. Oh, uh, Matt says Chase, or I don't know if that means is I don't think it was who he got in a fight with. I think that might be his least favorite, but no, uh, I, I think are you talking about the uh the Kevin Harvick Chase Elliott fight? No, was, it was uh, it was a long time ago in like the next week he was on Speed Weeks. Wasn't it Kyle Busch? Biffle. Oh, Greg Biffle. Biffle. <laughs> and Because they, they asked him, is it over between you guys? And he said, well, you saw the ending. <laughs> but that, was, mean, uh, that was back in typical uh, Dale Earnhardt fashion there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just so trying to be everybody's. He may not be everybody's favorite driver's least favorite driver. But I promise you, there's some sort of story along the way where anybody who's been good in the Cup Series in the past, like, 20 years, Denny Hamlin's had some sort of beef with him at some point. It just happens. no comment, because uh, it, it'll just make this section take way too long. If you listen all I recommend, to... All uh... I recommend is you look up the YouTube video, and it's like there's a whole bunch of drivers, but it's like Denny Hamlin, like, fights, arguments, and temper or whatever. Any driver oh, that's yeah. got one more than 45 minutes is probably 
Yeah, and Denny Hamlin's <laughs> probably in theirs. If you listen to uh, Martin Truex Jr.'s radio on a week-to-week basis, his least favorite driver is James Small. <laughs> Accurate. Oh, yeah. um, Can't sit at the level sometimes, though. Facts. <laughs> um, that that seems to be pretty consistent. Um, but, uh, anyways, so uh, the background. <laughs> um, so uh, with I the uh, Hughes. Yeah, I miss yeah stage winner. It look when Michael McDowell won a stage, it it didn't have the same ring to it. It it just didn't have the same same ring that stage winner NTJ did. Um, but that'll kind of wrap up our uh, our Cup Series uh, race review at Bristol. Uh, we'll be talking about that a lot. I'm I'm sure uh, potentially uh, that might be up for that quote. Zach might be up for a Scuffy Award at the end of the year. So, if we're nominating again, I'm at least nominating it. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, Zach Williams might not vote for it, but I, I will. I'll veto his vote. It's 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 pretty. I don't know if I'm going to do that or the Ty Gibbs one. I, I said that's we'll, the, that's the, both those are close right now. They should yeah, definitely be up for nomination. Both really close for me. All right, um, let's you go. Gotta on remember. To the, that's one thing you gotta remember. Denny Hamlin's was a Cup Series race, and Ty Gibbs was an Xfinity Series race. Like I think that is true. Uh, that is I think true. I think that might give him a slight bump. Once again, the biased MJ. But here's Zach already trying to sell sell the pitch for the Scu- Scuffy Award. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get to the end of the season first, bud. Yeah, um, um, give him a mic again. We'll we'll we'll, we'll hear more. <laughs> so we have. Uh, we have a couple other races to talk about from uh, from Bristol. Um, starting off with the uh, the Xfinity Series race, um, everybody was. Uh, now I, I'm going to start this off by saying I really was uh, was not enthusiastic that Dale Jr. was going to be in this race. Um, honestly, because I thought that Dale Jr. was not going to run well in this race because in his previous Xfinity starts, he hadn't run uh, as well. And I'm here to publicly say that I was wrong. (laughs) Um, I'm willing to say that. Uh, I was very much impressed uh, by Dale Jr.'s showing. Uh, Unfortunately, you can see uh, Justin Allgaier got the win. Dale Jr. uh, had to end his race uh, early due to a, a fire that started in the car. Um, so hated to see that for him. He had such an up and down day, uh, but Justin Allgaier picks up the win, uh, which really was the only good thing to happen to junior motorsports throughout that, that whole race besides maybe Dale junior running well. Um, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. Um, but Justin Allgaier gets the win, goes on to the round of eight, uh, for the uh, for the Xfinity series, um, Daniel Hemrick getting a, a solid second place run, uh, which kind of seems to be uh, Hemrick's cap for for a lot of races uh, besides his championship win. Uh, he's he runs second quite a lot. Um, in my opinion, that was probably the as far as the racing product goes. I thought the Xfinity Series had the best racing product of the weekend. Um, you guys might disagree, uh, but I, I thought the 
the racing product in the Xfinity series was really good. Uh, a couple of other uh, good top 10 finishes. Uh, Kaz Grala was able to get 10th. Ryan Sieg uh, has been able to turn around uh, his pretty rough year to, uh, to get a sixth place finish. And he was up there running uh, good all night. So, Let's look at the uh, the Xfinity Series uh, playoff grid. Uh, like I said, Allgaier is moving on to the round of eight. Nemechek uh, continues to cushion himself at 65 above. Custer as well. Austin Hill still above but lost a little bit. And then you see uh, Sam Mayer, uh, Parker Kligerman, and Josh Berry below the cut line along with Jeb Burton. Um, let's talk about what happened between teammates uh, in the Xfinity Series race. Uh, starting off with a uh, junior motorsports incident with Josh Berry and uh, and Sam Mayer that ended up collecting Brandon Jones as well um, on the same incident. Gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I think it was a very interesting Monday morning uh, for junior motorsports uh, between Sam Mayer and Josh Berry. Uh, Dan, I want to go to you on this. Uh, what were your thoughts on on that incident that happened? First of all, the money I would have paid to be a fly on the wall today during the meeting. Uh, uh, no, I, I I, don't want to say it was intentional because I don't know if something was broken on the car. And I, I'm not a mechanic. I do not work on these vehicles. But the fact that you didn't do all of you, all of you could do to prevent you and your teammates, plural at that point, from being wrecked out of the race. Um, I, I think even at this point in the season, even if you are upset with your teammate, you do everything you can to make sure that both of you or all three of you in this case have the best chance of making it to the next round or, you know, continuing in the race and getting the best position finish as possible. I don't think that's what was done. Um, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily intentional that he took out both of his teammates. Um, I, I do feel like there was a very good chance that something was broken on the car or a flat tire or something um, just from the way that, the car turned in my opinion. Um, but again, I feel like, Hey, you, you're going to feel it. If a tire goes down, you're going to feel it. If something breaks in the car, I didn't see anybody let up off the gas in that situation. So to me, you didn't do your job as a teammate to help your team as a whole move forward into the playoffs or, you know, they were dominating the race at one point in time. J JRM was. Um, and I don't think that um, that was being a good teammate in my eyes. So I hope Dell Jr. had some stern words um, for for the two that were basically the ones that started it. Um, whether, like I said, it was intentional or not, I think that you know you have to have that conversation and say, "Hey guys, bottom line is we're a team. We're trying to win a championship. Whether it's you or him, it's us." So I hope Dell Jr. had that conversation or Kelly this morning, whoever it may have been. Um, and kind of maybe set the record straight between uh, the teammates and said, hey, this is what we're go doing going forward. Uh, and if that's not how you're going to play, 2024 might, might not be a season here with us. Although I know they announced two new deals. So, <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, they've taken care of that for, for right now, but, uh, but you're right. Um, so... Uh, junior motorsports teammates were not the only ones to uh, to get into it on track, and we're going to go through this uh, relatively quickly because we have a lot of news to talk about a little bit later on. Um, but uh, RCR teammates Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed also got into each other. Sheldon Creed uh, 
for the most part, took the blame for, for that one. Um, and then, uh, you know, Sheldon Creed said that uh, they'll talk about it. If Austin Hill feels the need to get him back, uh, he will. Although that's another one of those situations, Dan. I'm like, if I'm if I'm RC, I'm going. Let's let's not do that until uh, maybe next season or, or something. But when we have time to to get each other back for it, uh, you know, or or maybe uh, maybe something if Sheldon Creed gets a win uh, to advance himself, then like, okay, then you can then you can do what you want. But, um, ultimately, it was a tire strategy uh, in a way that. Uh, that got Justin Allgaier the win. Allgaier was fast all night, um, uh, but uh, he actually pitted late uh, to get fresh tires and uh, was one of the few that chose to do so. Uh, and he was able to work his way through the field pretty quick, um, which secured him the win and, again, locks him into the round of eight. Uh, moving on to the uh, to the truck series, uh Corey Heim gets the win, and he becomes the first driver of any of NASCAR's uh, top three series to officially go to Phoenix uh, to fight for a championship in November. Uh, Ty Majewski had a had a rough night with a flat tire, which hurts him. Uh, and I will go ahead and and put the uh, the Truck Series playoff standings up so you guys can see uh, just how bad it hurt Ty Majewski. Gotta wonder if that tire was bleeding air again. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's quite possible. Uh, and then if it Zane, wasn't NASCAR, didn't find it. There's a big issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, it solved itself. It solved itself as a tire issue. <laughs> um, Corey Hyde, uh, like I said, got the win. He's going on to Phoenix. Three spots up for grabs for the Truck Series. Uh, Still to go to Phoenix, two races left before Phoenix to get there. Um, right now, Christian Eckes currently 29 points above the cut line. He's looking somewhat solid. Uh, Carson Hosevar is 18 above and Infinger 14 above. Uh, Zane Smith is 14 below, Ben Rhodes 19, and then Sanchez and Majeski both 22 points below the cut line. So looking at the, uh, the top 10 from Bristol, uh, you look at the top four uh, on the playoff grid, and it's the top four finishers in Bristol. Uh, they did what they needed to do um, in that race, and and it puts them in a good spot uh, so far uh, for the playoffs. Uh, Nick Sanchez and Ben Rhodes uh, were two other playoff drivers uh, who were able to get top ten finishes. Uh, Zane Smith was running relatively well uh, throughout the throughout the race. Uh, he had a pit uh, pit road penalty late uh, in that race, uh, which put him behind. Um, Christian Eckes managed to get uh, both stage wins uh, in the Truck Series race at Bristol. So that will do it for our uh, kind of our, our brief uh, lower series uh, race review segment. Now, uh, gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about. It was a very busy weekend. Uh, as far as news goes, so uh, let's go ahead and get into our scuff stories segment here. Um, first and foremost, uh, you guys saw it at the beginning of our show. Uh, the first piece of news that we unfortunately have to give is that Sherry Pollux uh, has passed away. Uh, she passed away yesterday. Um, 
it was very, uh, you know, Sherry Pollux was a, was a champion uh, for the sport uh, and for her cause. Uh, obviously, she was a longtime uh, girlfriend of Martin Truex Jr. up until earlier in this year. Um, and she remained a, a part of the uh, Martin Truex Jr. Foundation and Sherry Strong. So, uh, you know, we, we appreciate everything that she has done for the sport uh, and for her advocacy for ovarian and pediatric cancer. So uh, her memory and her legacy will continue to live on as far as that. Um, so that kind of takes care of our, our piece of somber news. Uh, Dan, uh, before we get into the rest of this, would you like to, to give us our next clue for uh, for our Who Am I segment? All right. So th this one's going to give you more of an idea of the time frame of the competitor. I competed in 27 IROC races, winning three of them. Can I guess? Yeah. Mark Martin. No, sir. That was going to be my guess, too. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know why, but there's this weird name that's been coming to me, and I... He, no, he doesn't have enough wins, so that doesn't work. Well, <laughs> or does he? <laughs> or does he? <laughs> Jeff I mean, Bodine. Hard. No. Yeah, I didn't figure, but I'm just like, the name's been popping in my head. <laughs> Justin, want to give a guess? You know what? I, I'll just throw it out there. I, I don't think it's right by any means, but I'm just going to say Tony Stewart. No, sir. I didn't, I didn't figure that right. <laughs> Who is this? Now we'll find out. I, I told all of you that you were going to need at least three hints, if not the fourth final hint. That this this, this will, one I I gave I I gave difficult hints this time. This will this will be interesting. Again, keep uh, keep the comments coming uh, if you uh, if you think you know. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, getting into our our news, um, Daniel Hemrick. Uh, has uh, signed a deal with Colleague Racing to drive the number 31 Cup car uh, in 2024. So that answers one of the uh, the Colleague rides uh, that we've been waiting to see uh, ever since Justin Haley kind of uh, announced that he was leaving that ride for Rick Ware. We've been wondering who was going to drive the 31. Um, we now know it's Daniel Hemrick. Can we all agree that the best part of this announcement was how NASCAR Twitter figured it out based on his arm? Yeah. Like, I mean, that, I, I want to say there was an announcement a couple years ago where that, like, they literally sh shadowed out the entire, like, head to toe of the driver and they went off the outline of his left ear to figure out who it was. I'm like, who are these people? They need to work for the FBI, the CIA, or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, normally you say, oh, yeah, you know, a woman, she, you know, she'll track down the information like the FBI. But these are like middle aged men, like, <laughs> who barely know how to use the internet to begin with. Like, come on. <laughs> Look, when, when we want to know something, we're going to figure it out, uh, especially as far as, uh, as far you know, and a lot of times we'll do it just so we can say that we're the first person to know it. <laughs> Um, but anyways, um, 
we kind of alluded to this uh, in our Xfinity race review. Uh, Sam Mayer, Brandon Jones, and Justin Allgaier have all signed deals uh, to return to Junior Motorsports in 2024. Uh, so we'll see all three of those uh, returning. Uh, we do not have uh, an idea yet on who is going to be driving the number eight uh, for Junior Motorsports, uh, but those three are returning. Uh, in the Xfinity series. Uh, and I got to be completely honest. Uh, I thought that this, uh, I thought that maybe the Daniel Hamrick colleague news might be the most interesting piece of, of silly season news we were going to get this week. Uh, but track house racing has had a couple of, uh, announcements. Uh, first and foremost, uh, SVG has signed a deal, uh, with Trackhouse to uh, run uh, the 2024 season in multiple series, uh, none of which will be full-time, but he will be running races in all three uh, major series. Uh, for Trackhouse uh, in the Cup Series, and then uh, they'll be partnering with others uh, in the Xfinity and the uh, the Truck Series. I wonder who they'll be partnering with. Does anyone have any idea who they might be partnering with? Um, probably Spire and Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, that that <laughs> honorable, was, where I was going. <laughs> honorable mention, maybe maybe the college car, like the college all star car or whatever. You know? Yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, the answer I was looking for though was Spire. Um because Spire Motorsports has purchased uh the charter uh from Live Fast Motorsports uh for forty million dollars. Uh, and then Zane Smith from the truck series has signed a deal with track house uh, and will be leased out to Spire uh, to drive that third uh, cup car in 2024. Uh, and the hopes are uh, current plans are for track house to have a third charter uh, for themselves in 2025 for Zane Smith. Uh, so all part of track house's expansion plans their their future is kind of starting to to come into into light here and see what what they'll be doing in the future. Uh, and it looks like Spire Motorsports is going to be along for the ride as well, at least for the twenty twenty four season. Um, we still have to find out who's going to be driving the uh, the number seventy seven for Spire. Oh, we know. Who it is. <laughs> We know who it is. <laughs> okay, um, sorry. We have to officially find out who's. Uh, listen, in case you don't know, it's your favorite bucket hat wearing bozo that has actually been able to win some races and impress me. Uh, it's Carson Hosea. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt yeah, in my mind. Hey. Let me. Yeah, it's all but it's all but confirmed. Like, if you listen to like DVC or the teardown this week, or the DVC last week, the teardown this week, uh, they they confirm it basically. It's, yeah. uh, it's unless it's gonna take a mastron astronomical flop or error of some point, but it's Carson Osovar for sure. I mean, with how he's running in the forty-two, it's. I mean, it's it's kind of expected. I mean, he, I feel like he's done um, well and above the expectations of that car in the few races yeah. he's been in it so far. I think as far I don't know what the team's uh, goals for Carson Hosevar was in the forty-two, but I think we as fans would have been, you know. <laughs> halfway impressed if if he could run inside the top 25 with that 42 car and the fact that he's been able to to take arguably the worst car uh in the in the cup series besides maybe the 77 
or 78 um, and and turn it into a, a top five or top 10 running car, uh, at the very least a top 15 or top 20, uh, is pretty impressive. So uh, kudos to Carson Hosevar, um, and hopefully uh, we'll get that kind of official announcement pretty soon. We'll be able to talk about him uh, going to the 77. <coughs> So uh, with that, uh, we have a couple of other things. Uh, first and foremost, a couple of announcements were made uh, for the Charlotte Roval uh, coming up in a few weekends. Uh, staged cautions are back at the Charlotte Roval. Um, I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah. This is not the road course problem. <laughs> so uh, we'll have those back for the uh, for the Roval at um, – uh, in, in a few weeks. Uh, also, uh, restart. This is the first time uh, we've had this. Restarts uh, for the uh, chicane uh, at the Roval will actually be in the front stretch chicane at the Roval. Um, if you uh, if you guys don't remember, uh, previous the previous restart zone has actually been in the uh, in the oval uh, quad oval uh, part of the track. Uh, but that will not be the case this time as the restart zone will be actually in the front stretch chicane. So we'll see how I, that changes. I want to comment on that real quick because I, I was just saying, I think mm -hmm. that really is going to take away the, you know, the controller disconnecting memes and the, the heartburn turn vibes, <laughs> you know. Unfortunately, like this stuff's fun. I mean, I'm not a Chase Elliott fan, but I mean, seeing him pile driving into that wall and then going out and winning was pretty cool. And seeing Brad Keselowski mm -hmm. do it the first year and just, Pile driving to that wall and definitely not win that race because Brad Keselowski, uh, very fun as well. Um, but you know, I, I think it'll actually help. I think it'll help the racing product because it's a consistent restart zone. It'll be interesting though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's. I don't think they're like you said, Zach. They're not going to be carrying that much speed down or as much speed. Uh, into the heartburn yeah. turn, so it's not going to be uh, quite. I think it'll be as uh, major of a passing zone because yeah. you can. I mean, you could theoretically start that restart kind of like you're doing like an intermediate, you know. And, and I mean, Denny Hamlin talked about it with Kansas, like lay back a little bit, and you could lay back and probably create a little bit of a run entering turn one. But that's going to be, I imagine, gone now, you know, because you're snaking through that that little carousel there or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be weird just the fact that like they're going to be coming through there too wide for the restart, and it, it's already hard enough to go through there to begin with. I mean, we, how many people have we seen go off course there? Now you're going to have them coming up through the gears, trying to accelerate and be too wide. I, I think it's going to be uh, interesting and may have some uh, contact between, between cars. I'm determined that NASCAR sometimes gets their ideas from NASCAR heat. First it was Bristol Dirt, now the restarts and the chicane uh, at the road. Yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, we do have a champion uh, already crowned for the uh, 2023 season. Uh, this happened at Bristol this past weekend. Uh, the ARCA race was actually uh, a, a co-run uh, co event for the ARCA Menards Series and the ARCA Menards East Series. Uh, William Sawalich, who won the race, uh, is now the ARCA East champion. They have locked up the... Uh, that uh, series championship. So congrats to him on winning the ARCA East championship. Uh, and speaking of Bristol, uh, Zach, do you have like party poppers mm -hmm. ready or are you like, 
Uh, I am so lit. Now, um, I mean, I got to put my money where my mouth is and, like, probably go to this race at some point in the next, like, year or two. But, dudes, oh, we're finally done with the dirt experiment. Like, I can't tell you how much I hate that race. Like, yeah. You know, ultimately, like, uh, man, I'll tell you what. I don't know. Nobody said it better than Jeff Gluck, but, like, shouts out to him. But, like, oh, my goodness. I just don't understand, man. This is like putting, you know, a beautiful bottle of wine in a red solo cup. And not that it doesn't, you know, produce something okay. But listen, it's going to look a lot better in a wine glass in Bristol. To me, there's there's far, there's far, there are a few racetracks that could ever compare to Bristol. It's a truly unique place. And I, I do support NASCAR on dirt. Like, this is not what I'm saying. I support the Cup Series on dirt. I support the Cup Series on dirt at a dirt track, not a good racetrack. But, you know, and I know that there was a rumor a long time that the dirt race was going away and they were not going to bring the spring race back, but it's coming back, baby. I love the spring race. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It is delivered. <laughs> the last time they ran that spring race in 2020 with no fans there, that thing was a heater. I mean, yeah. I guess I should Bristol, probably reference uh... what happened, but <laughs> it was, it was, in case you don't remember, this is the one where, it was Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott and Joey Logano. And then Chase Elliott took out Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin himself, and Brad Kozlowski won the race. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, for those who, uh, who, if you didn't get it from Zach's enthusiasm, uh, Bristol is returning to, uh, to the concrete for the spring Bristol race. So they will now have two races on the concrete. Uh, once the way again. it should be. The um, way it should be. And one other piece of news uh, that just got uh, announced uh, yesterday. Uh, the Bushlight Clash will return to the L.A. Coliseum uh, in 2024. And uh, in uh, in addition to that, uh, this year, uh, the uh, NASCAR's uh, Mexico uh, Touring Series will actually have a race there uh, prior to the Bushlight Clash. So uh, cool to have them uh, as a part of that as well. So I'm just uh, hoping whenever they announce the format for that, that they decide to actually count caution laps this year. So the race next year, so the race isn't nine hours long. Yeah. Yeah. Add 50 laps and count caution laps. Look, I, I still stand by my stance that we wouldn't have as much of this problem if not as many cars qualified for the event. It used to be a specialty event. You had to get an invitation. Now it's like, oh, you got a charter? Come on. Come hang out. Let's go wreck some cars and beat and bang. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, everybody's got to try. That's the problem. Everybody's yeah. got to try this race. Like, you can't, you know, like the, if you're a charter team, you have to be there. Yeah, it's expected. That, I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't either. Um, so with uh, that said, that kind of wraps up our our news segment. Dan, do you have a, I, I saw you uh, when you unmuted your mic. Did you have anything to add on that? Um, I honestly hope that they broadcast uh, the Mexico uh, series race. Um, that's a series that I, I don't think anybody really pays attention to. Um, but obviously that's where Daniel Suarez came from. Um, and there was some drivers in the early two thousands uh, that came up through the Mexico series. Um, and I, th I think that that series as a whole Kind of like the the the, the Pinty series in Canada um, is a great series, and I think it's a it's a good developmental tool for some international drivers. Um, and I know 
with there being a, a high Hispanic or Latino population there in, in the LA area. I think that would be a, a great place to, to uh, feature them and, and kind of show that series off to those fans and uh, hopefully uh, can build a, a bigger following there in Southern California. Yeah, I think it's a, a good opportunity for uh, for that one. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity for that series, and uh, it'll be cool to just have, uh, you know, by the time we get to that point in the year, we're all ready for racing to come back in any form. So, um, you know, it'll be cool just, to be able just to jonesing for it. You got some <laughs> racing? You got some racing, guys? Um, yeah. Don't ever do that again. I need some of that horsepower. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Dan, uh, we have, uh, before we get into our next segment, we have, uh, we're ready for our third clue, uh, for our, who am I? All right. Uh, this is the earliest I see anybody getting it. Matt Nicholson, I'm looking at you, but don't look it up. All right. I am a three time NASCAR cup series champion. Bobby Allison. Wow. What were your first two clues again? Hold on, hold the on, first Zach, one was I have raced we, in over 900 NASCAR sanctioned events, winning 97 total. And number two was I competed in 27 IROC races, winning on three occasions. And I'm a three-time NASCAR only, Cup Series champion. I already guessed Tony Stewart. It's not him. So... That was a good guess, though. That's Zach, probably, honestly, at th due to the stats, that's probably the closest guess at the moment. Zach, I'm pretty sure there's only well, see, two three-time champions left. There's like five, there's like six total. This is see like because I made I, sure I'm it wasn't gonna, like one or two. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw this out there. This Mike, is how stop looking stuff up. <laughs> no, I looked up Bobby Allison after I guessed him to see how close I was. He competed in, including the Grand National. He completed, he competed, what is this, 763, competed in 770 races. He won 92 of them. And on IROC, he competed in 17 races, winning four of them. Like, I was like, I'm going to, gotta uh, be close. Okay, Come I'm, on. I'm, I'm ready for my guess here. I'm, Go ahead. I'm going to say it's Daryl Waltrip. Ding, 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 ding. We have that was my guess. That was going to be my guess. Okay. My last one, in case y'all didn't get it, was I retired from driving full-time after the 2000 season before joining Fox's broadcast team for the next 19 years. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't get that one, then yeah. you're sorry, bud. You're just not following NASCAR. If, if yeah, you don't one. get it after that final clue, Dude. you're off the show. Yeah, hey, I'm just, glad we, we got this, I'm just glad we got to hit three this time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Especially after right. this week, you did it when Matt Nicholson got it right off the bat. Yeah. Listen, that one annoyed <laughs> me so bad. I love you, Matt, but daggum. <laughs> All right. So uh, in our next segment, we're going to do, uh, we're going to have uh, a little bit of fun with this one. So the 2024 uh, NASCAR schedule is is looming. Uh, we know that the announcement is coming uh, pretty, pretty soon. Hopefully, uh, maybe even within the next week or so, um, maybe even this week. Um, so with that in mind, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going. This is called Scuff Schedules, uh, and we're going to be talking about our boldest moves for the 2024 schedule. And we're going to talk a little bit about 
some of the moves that we think are going to happen and then some moves that we would actually like to see happen uh, either in 2024 uh, or even beyond. Um, Zach, I know you're really excited for, for this segment. I know you enjoy talking about the schedule. Um, it's a guy who runs an online racing league and makes a schedule for it every season. You really, <laughs> you really get familiar with structuring the racetracks in a certain order. And like, yeah, I don't know. I've been, I've been pretty impressed with NASCAR overall. So like, I don't want to be critical of them, but like, like anything in my head, uh, I, I can do NASCAR better than NASCAR can. So I'm going to go around. Uh, we're going to go around kind of round table here. Uh, we're going to start off with a, a change that uh, we believe is going to happen to the 2024 schedule. Um, and just for, just for fun, we're going to do uh, some things that we haven't had announced yet, such as the, uh, the two uh, Bristol concrete races um, and tell me something that you think will happen uh, to the 2024 uh, schedule, uh, preferably cup schedule. Um, and Zach, I'll start with you on that. Yeah, I think uh, I have a few, so I don't want to take anybody else's. So I'll take, uh, I'll take this one. Um, I think Texas has moved out of the playoffs. That's an interesting. Uh, is is there anything, any reasoning behind that? I know, I know that a lot of the fan base is kind of against Texas in a way, but yeah. Um, so I, I think that marketing wise, like, I think you could really like offer like a pretty sweet deal doing Coda and Texas back to back, like the mini West Coast swing and call like, it's called the Texas Two Step, you know, and you could run them back to back. And honestly, like. Weather-wise, like, you're really running out of options if you don't, like, run the spring race, you know, the race in the spring, like, in April, or else you, I mean, like, I'm going this weekend, and it's supposed to be, like, 95 degrees outside, like, it's gonna be hot still out there, so, like, and I don't think that you really want to move it, like, closer to the championship race, you know, if it's a racetrack that has some unpredictability and issues, I think that you would want to move it further. I would also maybe consider giving it back its 500-mile date you know, to compensate for the fact that it's not a playoff race. I know you're looking at that, Dan, but you've got to, you've got to work with the market and give them something, you know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'll, I'll report back on if I like 400 better than 500 there, but yeah, I think marketing wise, and I think you could really kind of sell some people in the state of Texas and, and, you know, offer like some sort of package deal to Coda and TMS because they're both SMI affiliated racetracks or, you know, SMI owns Texas. So I think that would be the move. And I would I would think that, you know, maybe that frees up like a spot for, I don't know, maybe NASCAR moves Kansas later on and somebody else gets like an extra, some other SMI track gets an extra date in the playoffs or something. I just yeah. want to add one thing to that. Um, and this is something Zach didn't mention. I know Texas football's big. And when yeah. you're racing in Dallas or at, right outside of Dallas on Sunday during football season – your tendency isn't going to be what it would be in the spring when you're not having those games. So I think that is a great idea, Zach, honestly. Uh, I, I completely approve. I mean, I'm not yeah. a fan of the racing at Texas personally, but if we're going to keep it on the schedule, I have no qualms with moving it out of the playoffs in, like, early spring. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Like, even, like, on Saturdays, like, you've got, like, you're competing with, you know, up in the Metroplex, you're competing with TCU and SMU and North Texas even. Like, 
it's on the Fort Worth Denton County line. And then, you know, if people are commuting, you're competing with Texas and A&M and even like to the north, Oklahoma, like, uh, you know, you're competing with a lot of different brands in the fall. And I just think that in the spring, like, all it is is the Rangers and NASCAR and maybe some Mavericks playoff basketball. But I think that, you know, in the spring, you could look at, you know, NASCAR and the MLB could probably do a solid and schedule the Rangers to be out of town somewhere, you know, put them in Seattle or something. I don't care where, but put them out there and then put put the NASCAR races, you know, in, in mid-April or something. I'm also saying that because my birthday is in mid-April. So, like, I would love to go back in the tradition used to be that I would go to the spring race for my birthday and my dad and I would go to the spring, the fall race for his birthday because his birthday is in November. So now dad's but getting gypped. Okay. <laughs> we both are. We both been, yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike, I'm going to go to you next. Uh, this one is going to be a prediction that you think will happen to the uh, 2024 Cup schedule. I mean, it's hard to disagree with Zach on that one, but um, prediction I think will happen. Well, it's already been announced that Phoenix is going to have the championship race again. Because <laughs> so, as much as I'd love to see that. <laughs> um. I, I really can't think of something that I think for certain is gonna happen, other than moving Texas out of the playoffs. Well, that's, uh, uh, I'll take one for Mike if you want. I'll give another one. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. <laughs> um, I, I think that the All Star race returns to uh, North Carolina, but it goes to Rockingham. I think the Rock officially comes back. You know what? I'm actually gonna throw one out there. I think I just thought of one. Okay. I could see them possibly removing a track and going to Nashville as an actual points race. Like the fairgrounds? Yeah. As an actual points race. You know, as much as I'd like to see it happen, I, I don't know if the fairgrounds is ready yet because they're still fighting with the city council, I think. Uh, yeah, but, that city council well, is fair, but they lost the points. I, I will say I'd I'd love to see that happen. Um for sure. Um Dan, what about you? What's a what's a prediction that you think will happen? Um I, I'm I'm gonna kinda go along the lines of the all-star race with Zach, but I'm gonna say North Wilkesboro gets a regular season race after they move the all-star race. Hmm. Mm. Interesting pick there as well. Uh I'm gonna go with uh one that I, I guess is somewhat low hanging fruit here. Um but I do think in 2024 uh, that NASCAR returns to the Indy Oval. Oh, I forgot about that. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> I thought that uh, was already announced as a, as a, as a done deal. No. <laughs> it, it's, it's heavily rumored, but it has yeah. not been announced. Uh, if you, I was expecting one of you to, uh, to take that, I, and I was actually going to go for another one. Uh, what was your other I, one? Because I have one more that I think is going to happen, but I'm curious. I believe Sonoma is the the race that takes the place of Auto Club. I agree. I totally agree. Um, I believe that yeah. we go to Sonoma in the in the spring. So um, Sonoma's race okay. get, just gets moved. Yes. Yeah. 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 They don't need to be out there when it looks so dry and desert. It looks so nice in the spring. It does. It does look really nice in the spring. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. NASCAR talks about saving these teams money and resources and stuff. Like, you could really, like, save them money by a more effectively, like, 
scheduling your races and stuff like it's the West Coast swing and we like we leave an entire West Coast track off in Sonoma and then I have to go back out there in June. Like you could just mm-hmm. do so much more. Like, this is the same logic I use for Texas. It's like why are we going to Coda in March or, or like late March or early April, coming back to the East Coast and then we go back to Texas again in the fall and then we go back east to Talladega and then yeah. uh, to Charlotte. Like you could just eliminate some of that, you know? And, and I really think that on top of that, too, like, I, I feel like that NASCAR should use the regular season structurally to, like, test new markets, test new things, and expand and push boundaries of their fan base. But I really think the playoffs should be, like, centered on the core fan base, where it is, what they enjoy. You know, like, to me, the playoffs should be the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And the best mm-hmm. tracks, the best markets, the best fans. You know, the best fans. That would probably be a little long. But, you know, your more traditional fans and where they're located, you know? Um, yeah, and, and not I, this westward agenda that they want to do, or this not, other agenda should be used in the playoffs. That should be your regular season and your exhibitions and all that stuff. You know, I I would say this, and, and this is not not an official prediction or anything, but like if if we are going to have a West Coast uh, championship race, can it please be Las Vegas? <laughs> yes, agreed. Like I don't think anybody likes Phoenix. Yep. The drivers don't like Phoenix. <laughs> Like, so, why is it at yeah. Phoenix? <laughs> on on what Zach said, real quick. Also, not only that, but if you put like the simu- similarly um, geographically located uh, tracks in near each other on the schedule, then you end up it actually saves the teams money on travel. Yeah, if they're not having to fly here, fly here, or Hollers well, here, hollers over there, hollers back over here. Yeah, just and that yeah. that'll go into what I want to see happen to the schedule. Exactly. Yeah. Now you, uh, you might be worried about like oversaturation of the fans, you know what I mean? And like you know, you're pulling from the same market, like pretty close to each other. But I think that but I, I think that you know you could also restructure that a little bit by having like less two time races at tracks, you know, just going to tracks once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, instead of going there twice. Yeah. Um, we're gonna. I'm gonna acknowledge a, a couple of comments. Mama Seeger saying, uh, "Mike, kind of go into yours. Uh, she'd love to see uh, racing back at the the Nashville Fairgrounds." Uh, Mama Seeger actually grew up around that uh, that Nashville mm-hmm. uh, outskirts area, so she uh, she remembers the fairgrounds uh, pretty well. Uh, and then uh, Dylan Decker saying they need to. Uh, to bring the rock back, especially uh, dumping Chicago land, uh, and then a heartbreak uh, for Auto Club there from Dylan as well. Um, all right, gentlemen. So we've kind of gone through what we think will happen. Uh, this is where I, I take the reins off and I let you guys do whatever you guys want to do. Um, and if you guys want, uh, what changes would you want to make uh, to the schedule uh, if you could? Uh, for 2024, uh, Mike, I see you over there. What what's kind of chaotic thing do you have? All right, yeah, you are not wrong with the chaos. So in place of Auto Club, I had a second date at Homestead, Miami, and have that right after Daytona. Keeping with the East Coast part, um, for and and this this is gonna probably upset. I moved the second Homestead Miami race out of the playoffs 
but but I move the Daytona night race to the playoffs and put Homestead Miami as the cut race. For the so you're gonna season. so you want the Daytona night race and Talladega in the playoffs? Yes, I do. Well, well that is definitely chaotic. And, That's... and I know this is gonna upset Zach, but I removed Texas from the schedule entirely and I put Chicago Land back in. Hmm. That's an interesting uh bold prediction. Uh yeah, that, that is wild, uh <laughs> Dylan. Yeah. Um I'm here for the chaos. Uh Zach, what about you? What's your crazy plans for the uh for the schedule? Um I would take a Las Vegas race and I would move it to Pikes Peak and race it race at Pikes Peak in Colorado. I would you know, I think the street race was like a success overall in that like I think engagement and interest was really high for it. I still don't know if Chicago is the right market, so I, I would go back to Chicagoland. I would take a Kansas date and go back to Chicagoland, and then. I mean, I, I can't think of much else. Like I, I, I said, I'm really quite happy with the diversity of the schedule. You know, I mean, I, maybe they could fix the relationship with Tony Stewart and get something back to Eldora. You know, and put some put some more racing on the dirt at Eldora. But outside of that, like I think. I think those are two reasonable changes. If you want one more, like maybe you take an Atlanta race or something or a Bristol race, and then you move that to the fairgrounds. I mean, you could take yeah. the, you could take national super speedway too, but I think, I, I know that I think that the super speedway is a, a unique racetrack because you don't see very many like D shaped concrete ovals like that, that are like 1.3 miles or whatever. Yeah. Damn. I missed one in my excitement. So, I also remove the uh, second Atlanta date and go to Pikes Peak. Hmm. Dan, what about you? you? Um, The only major one I have was removing the Roval. Um, I've never been a fan of the Roval as a a fan. Um, I, I hate playing it on NASCAR heat. Uh, I just, there's, there's, to me, there's no, there's no major benefits to it, except for the fact that it's close to home. Um, but again, that to me is where the North Wilkesboro race comes in. It's another, I mean, it's literally like 45 minutes up the road. Um, it's really honestly almost closer to the, to the, uh, team's shops than it is, uh, for them to go to Charlotte. But, um, that's my main one. I, I personally am not a fan of having two Atlanta races now that it's basically a super speedway as well. So I would probably move that um i don't want to move i don't want to completely remove texas off the schedule because i do think it deserves a place um i know zach will be relieved in that because i'm not a fan of the racing of texas but i understand nobody's a face but a fan of the race but you got to think about the market exactly that's what i'm saying it it deserves a race and i know that the argument is that coda but like for people that like don't understand like the geography of texas these are racetracks that are like four hours apart you know like there are you know, it's so like to me, they serve different markets. You know, they really do. Like, Coda is here to serve like the southern half of Texas and the Houston area and everything out to the the valley and the coast and everything. And and Texas TMS is here to serve, you know, the North Texas area, the people that live in Oklahoma and maybe Arkansas or something and New Mexico or whatever. Like, I, I just you know I think that people really get lost. Like in the, the market that a track like Texas serves when just throwing it off the schedule, you know, like I don't, I'm not 
you know, naive enough to think that like it's a perfect racetrack. As much as I love it, and I do, it's my home track. I will always love it. And I will always defend it. But at the same time, like the market, like you simply cannot leave the market and just abandon what you've done there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, they absolutely, I mean, Houston and Dallas, both are huge markets um, for any sport. Um, I mean, for any, any media network is going to want to have coverage in those two areas. So I completely understand that. Um, I would definitely move the championship race away from Phoenix um, I would personally move it back to Homestead. I think it was a great track. Um, it was a lot closer to home base for a lot of the teams. Um, but I, I think overall Phoenix to me does not deserve two races to begin with. Um, so I would probably move Phoenix to a street course in the LA area, South California area, move Chicago back to Chicago land instead of the road course. Like Zach was mentioning earlier. Um, I've always liked Pikes Peak, so I, I mean, I didn't have that on my schedule, but that's a great idea. Um, and I'm not opposed to to a dirt track. I just I don't know of a dirt track that's capable of really housing a full 36 to 40 car field of these cars. Um, and I feel like that's something that um, if NASCAR can figure out a way to get 40 cars at Eldora or whatever dirt track, by all means, I'm here for it. But I want it to be a real dirt track, not Bristol covered in dirt. Well, uh, that leaves uh, my my bold predictions uh, or things that I would do to the schedule. I agree with you, Dan. Uh, I would move uh, Homestead back to the uh, to the championship uh, the championship race. Uh, I think Homestead's a good track for the championship. Uh, I think it's a driver's racetrack. It rewards those who are willing to take that risk and go up high to the wall, but it also has some multi groove racing there as well. So. Uh, I like Homestead. I would move that back to the, to the championship race. Um, I would move Chicago. I'm I'm not opposed to uh, to a street race, um, which I think is kind of the general consensus. But I don't want it in Chicago. I want Chicago land back. Um, personally, I would take uh, a Richmond date away, and I would uh, and I would go back to Road America. Um, because I, I know some people don't like the oversaturation of road courses, but I think Road America has been one of the best uh, for NASCAR uh, racing, even in the Cup Series. Um, and uh, if I were going to do a bold one uh, here, um, I'll you know what? I'm willing to die on this hill. Um, I think it should be Bristol Dirt. I, I don't want Bristol to have two uh, concrete races. I want the spring race to be on dirt. Um, it's gotten better every year, and uh, and I, I think uh, I personally I have Bristol dirt on my schedule. I didn't after twenty twenty one, but after twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, I do. Um, so. That's that's probably my boldest, uh, and I say that simply because I feel like a lot of people were actually celebrating uh, when the announcement was made on the two concrete dates. I actually wanted, uh, I actually want one on dirt. But listen, <laughs> listen, you said it's gotten better every year. What's the saying? You can polish a turd; it's still a turd. Look, it's I just don't... a pretty turd. Yeah. <laughs> Dan had that real southern accent on that one. That yeah, there we got the Florida accent. Sorry, but no, I uh, I enjoyed Bristol Dirt, but 
we'll we'll see how it goes uh, in the spring race. Um, see how it goes there. But uh, with that being said, uh, let us know what your uh, your wild uh, comments are for uh, for us. Well, uh, Dylan, can I just yeah. say I'm surprised nobody nobody mentioned like Iowa at all. Like I, I'm a bit surprised. You know, I, I think the Iowa dream has kind of faded away, but I, I'm surprised still. I would. And I would like too. Iowa more if the short track package didn't suck. Amen, brother. Yeah, that was my yeah. that was my reservation with Pike's Peak. But I'll say this too. I you know I know NASCAR leaves leaving Road America, and maybe they have a grander plan. And like my, my my thought might be like maybe maybe they're going back to Milwaukee. Maybe they're going back to Milwaukee Mile. Like I know, I heard that Truck Series race had a pretty good turnout, especially for a Truck Series race, and it certainly looked like it did too. So like, I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe NASCAR's not going to Road America because they're going to Milwaukee and they're like listening to the oversaturation of road course thing, and maybe that's their plan to like still serve that market. Um, but it's hard. Like it's really hard to like when you think about the schedule from like a, an actual business perspective and logistics perspective. It's hard to. It's hard to create a, a good schedule that like doesn't oversaturate certain markets. And NASCAR, unlike many other sports, is like at such a disadvantage because for so long it still is like a primarily core southeastern fan base. I know that I know that Mike definitely lives outside of that, and you could argue whether I do or not. You know, I mean, schools that play in the SEC in my state, so maybe I am southeastern. I wouldn't define myself as southeastern, but uh, you're you're a part of the southeast, buddy. Texas is a part of that. Texas is something. Uh, I, I've been to parts of Texas that are definitely not the southeast. But Texas like is said, the I only guess, state that can consider itself southeast and southwest. Yeah, that's why it's just Texas. And just straight up south. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, like I said, like I, I mean, I know we have fun doing it, but, like, you know, kudos to NASCAR for trying. And mm-hmm. like I, said, I mean, like I said, I, I think I could do NASCAR better than NASCAR. Um, but. You know, that's where all of my things come from. I think I'm better than NASCAR at NASCAR. <laughs> Dylan. Yeah, we all. Yeah, we Dylan all ain't wrong, and he works in the kitchen. He get, he yeah. knows. <laughs> he ain't wrong with that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's a pretty good uh, pretty good statement there. All right, gentlemen, we've got two races that we've got to make picks for. Um, so let's get into our race preview segment here. Um, both uh, at Texas, Zach will be there uh, for the for the Texas races. We've got Cup Series and Xfinity Series. Um, Zach, I'll start with you since you'll be there at the track. Who do you have winning this oh, this weekend? Heck yeah! Uh, you know what? I see this guy win here several times. Several times. I know I've seen him win in the Xfinity Series once. It's hard to keep up with him because I go to a lot more Xfinity and truck races because they're usually free at Texas because. Sometimes attendance is an issue, but uh, I'll take John Hunter Nemechek. Um, I know he won there in 2021, and when he was running a part-timer for JGR, I fully expect him to be a contender again. The Toyotas have, quite frankly, dominated Texas in the Xfinity Series, so I wouldn't be surprised to see that. And I mean, I can't not, man. He beat your favorite driver. I I can't not go to the race and and not pick Denny Hamlin. Um, and I know you're like Zach, you're a homer, and and I might, you might, you know, I definitely am. But uh, he's a three-time Texas winner. Like he's got some silver boots and some six shooters in his closet somewhere. So I don't think he's a bad pick. I think Toyotas have been fantastic on the, the mile and a half. And so you can criticize me in the comments section and everything else. But uh, roll Dennis, baby. 
Well, somebody ought to be able to watch their favorite driver win uh, in this group. So, um, so far it hadn't been uh, any of the rest of us. So, uh, Dan because Dan he didn't have, have a, yeah Dan because yeah. he didn't have a favorite. Oh, okay, driver, but, okay. I mean, I saw I saw Dill oh. Junior win a few times when he was racing in the Cup Series. So, there I mean, go. he was my favorite at the time. Uh, Mike, what about you? What are your picks? Uh, who are your picks for the two races this weekend? Well, in his career there, Justin Allgaier's got five top fives out of 25 races, so I think he'll get the job done there. And then just in a in a, in a a twist of sheer irony, and just to make it all that much worse for me, Harvick wins at Texas when it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, but it does matter, Dan. It, it'll probably be his, or Mike, it'll be his last win. It does. Matter. I don't know if it'll be his last win, but we're running out of time, and I think, I think it'll just be a cruel twist of fate for me that it'll just be no. Nope, He's won there sorry. quite a few times. Now that you're eliminated, you win. <laughs> He's won there quite a few times. Yep. Yes, he has. All right. Well, Dan, what are your uh, who are your picks for this weekend's races? Uh, for Xfinity, uh, that's got a weird feeling. It's going to be Sheldon Creed. That way, the following weekend, Austin uh, Hill can take out his revenge. Um, and then in the Cup Series, I, I got to go with Mr. Clutch from 2020, Christopher Bell. Um, the man knows when he's got to win and make it through to the next round. And I think he gets it done early this round and sets him up for the uh, for the round of eight. Well, for my picks, I'm going to go. I agree with Zach uh, for the Xfinity Series. I think John Hunter is going to get the job done. There uh, for the Cup Series, I am going to go with uh, Brad Keselowski. Uh, I think uh, Brad's been knocking on the door for for a win uh, here lately, and I think uh, he breaks through and gets one here in Texas. Uh, so I've got Brad K getting it done uh, in the Cup Brad Series. Brad was faster Sunday. last year. He Brad was. And RK was fast, and then they were just too fast for their own goods with the tire issues, but. No, they were fast. They were. So uh, those are our picks. Uh, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate everybody for, for tuning in to, uh, to tonight's show. Uh, before we go, let's get a quick fantasy update, which I can, uh, I completely forgot to pull up on my computer here, but um, allow me to share my screen here. And this is our, uh, as you can see from uh, last week's race, uh, Rob the Ridge. Congratulations to him for getting the win. Uh, I got second. Uh, I I had to point out uh, Ryan changing his name <laughs> on the fantasy. <laughs> um, he got third in fantasy, uh, Silver Lab Dad uh, in fourth. And then uh, Zach Williams got uh, top five. Um and you can see our top five league uh, standings uh, on the website as well. Um, be Justin, sure. I think we should add the playoff standings too, like as a separate thing. I know that you would be the one mm-hmm. in charge of that most likely, so I'm adding more work for you. But you know, <laughs> no, you're. Uh, we can do that uh, for sure. We can uh, look at the playoff standings. Uh, I'll have that for us next week uh, on the show, and we can do that. Uh, be sure to go to this link right here. 
if you want to join us uh, either for the remainder of this season or even uh, the beginning of next season as well. Um, Brandon, uh, thanks for stopping by. We hope you have a good night as well. Uh, if you guys are just tuning in, be sure to go back and watch uh, this episode. Uh, we enjoy having everybody here with us, uh, and we appreciate uh, everybody uh, for being a part of tonight's show. And if you're uh, not watching live, hit us up on on our socials. There's mine right there. Yeah. Justin's got his up there. Zach and Mike may add theirs. Who knows? But no, hit yeah. us up. Um, you can find find me on Facebook as well. Let us know your thoughts on the show. If you want to start a debate or an argument, hit Zach Bell up. He loves them. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're on. I mean, don't find me on Instagram. I prefer Facebook or Twitter or I guess the <laughs> X now. But um, yeah, hit us up. Let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Snapchat or not, not Snapchat, Facebook. Uh, we have Instagram, too, right? Do we set up oh, Instagram? Yeah we, yeah, we do. We do. Okay. Uh, I can't say yeah. it's the most updated uh, social media that we have platform that we have, but we, we do have uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and of course, be sure to like and subscribe uh, if you're on Facebook or YouTube uh, and you haven't uh, checked us out already. Check out our website uh, as well. You can find pretty much links to all of our socials and everything down there. So uh, be sure to, to check us out. Um, yeah, with that being said, we're hidden for a good reason. You think the chaos is bad here. <laughs> let, let me know if you want it, guys. I have them all. <laughs> okay. You have yeah. like, what? Maybe one? Maybe mm -hmm. two? I, I got Snapchat. I got Facebook. I don't even have that on my phone anymore. Instagram. <laughs> All right. You guys can check audio uh check out audio versions of the podcast uh anywhere down below uh and more. So uh with that being said, let's get some closing comments, starting with Mr. Dan Foster, a resident Florida man. Dan, uh I'm glad that I could guess who you were tonight. Um, so, uh, what are your closing comments from that? Uh, sorry, I was late again. Like I said, I had a situation come up at the house. I had to take care of it real quick, but knocked out in the bud, got it taken care of, was able to come out and hang out with you. Amazing gentlemen. Love to always see your faces. Um, hate that Zach Williams isn't here, but you know, Hey, if I was such a Denny Hamlin hater, I wouldn't want to be on this show either. So, <laughs> but anyways, um, glad to be here. Glad to hang out and glad to talk Na NASCAR at Bristol. I mean, one of the best tracks on the circuit, but, um, we will see you all next week. I'll be back. Um, and I, I'll be starting, I believe next Monday is our first practice for volleyball and that's their fall season. So I may be a little tired and a little red in the face when I get back, but I'll be here. And I'll be ready to talk racing at Texas. Well, we'll be happy to have you here. Mike, what are your closing comments uh, for tonight? Always happy to hang out with you guys. It's always a fun time, despite, well, a fun undetermined length of time as we never really seem to hit <laughs> a consistent mark. But yeah, looking forward to the racing this week at Texas. Hopefully it'll be the last Texas race I see for a while. And raise hail, praise Dale. Hey, we're NASCAR fans. You don't have to have consistency. All it takes is one win, and, and that's that's all it takes. Zach, uh, I know you're hoping to see uh, somebody, preferably Denny Hamlin, for you get a win uh, this weekend in Texas. Uh, what say you yeah. for your signature sign-off? Uh, you know, just really try to enjoy the Texas races, folks. I mean, I really encourage you. I know Mike hates it, and, and Dan is down on it, and it's not perfect. Um, but I truly wholeheartedly believe it is a unique product to Texas um, and try to find the positives and the charms in it. 
if it's a tire if it's a tire fire festival you know enjoy some good tire strategy is what i'm going to tell you it is different it is fun it is unique just like me um and uh if you see me out there of course i'll be signing autographs for all the fans and leaving phone numbers for the ladies but uh well i thought you're gonna have a lady on each arm this weekend there bud yeah, we're trying still, but <laughs> anyway. With that being said, uh, of course, I want to shout out to my parents and thank them for their support and everything, and you know, making sure that racing happens, uh, especially this weekend. Definitely, uh, with everything going on and going out to Texas, and like I said, if you see me, come say hi. I don't bite, usually, and uh, I'll sign autographs for all my adoring fans. Denny and I can sign the sign like a matching die cast. If you want, I'll sign the back hoodie. He can sign the front, you know, because he drives. <laughs> all right. Well, we uh, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. It's been a great show. We hope to see all of you back here next week uh, at the same time, and we'll see you guys next week on Running on Scuffs. See you guys later.